Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Monday, and we are posting an instant classic for your inspiration. This message may come from anywhere around the globe, but is sure to stay with you for years to come. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Appreciate everyone. Amen. Such a wonderful, wonderful joy uh, to come every year and continue to see what God's doing. And I want to say, church kids can make it for God and, uh, and have a great time. Blessed life doing it. They can make a difference when they're young. These kids grew up in children's church, into teen ministry, young adults. They're the answer to our prayers. I encourage every church kid, you hang in there. Because God is just beginning something powerfully and wonderfully for you. You're an answer to our prayer. You're our hope for tomorrow. Should we go to be with the Lord, we have confidence. You'll be a people, amen, for the tomorrows yet to come. We appreciate, amen, our church kids. I had read an article sometime back that caught my attention, and it was about some uh, groundbreaking news and research that's being done by research psychologists of the Army around the globe. What caught my eye was they're calling their efforts turning adversity into advantage. And they said they're doing that by advancing performance and well-being in the areas of stress, personality, organizational factors, and leadership with focused proficiency. It's been called the 71F Advantage, which refers to a group of specialized psychologists and uh, neuropsychiatrists, and they've been working together since the early 1950s. Their combined effort is to give our U.S. soldiers an advantage in the battlefield. This is a group of some of the finest minds in all science. They've committed themselves to giving our soldiers the advantage, not only on the battlefield, but when they come home, and the issues with the home front as well. I thought about this because, strangely enough, I went on to read, and it said their facilities were known as human engineering labs. And as I read that, they continually noted that they had some problems that they faced during their experiments as they attempted to increase physical abilities. And we like some increase in some physical areas, amen. And it says this, it says the problems that they continually faced were side effects. Have you ever heard those commercials that this will give you energy and make your hair grow and make you lose weight and, and all of these things? And then all of a sudden they say, but... There has been known to be some side, side effects. You'll get diarrhea. You'll, you'll have cancer. You'll have stroke. Has been cases of death. But you really want to, want to get this. Well, they reported there has been three major uh, side effects that's been repeated, and they're problems. It's the side effects of increase in emotional dysfunction, the side effects of decrease in moral judgment, and the side effects of retina damage causing the loss of clear vision. I thought these three side effects were very interesting because in all they're trying to do to advance our physical efforts, they're having problems when they're involved in all of this. They're they're producing a struggle to think, a struggle to judge, and a struggle to see clearly. 
Since the 1950s, they have clearly recognized the need for man to have an advantage. And so beyond their earthen abilities, this has been their efforts. But when they were asked this question, after 68 years of this, your research and your experiences, have you actually discovered a successful solution? Here's their response. Not exactly, but we're still working on it. 68 years of the finest minds in science gathered from around the globe. Again, there's a care and there's a recognition that we need something beyond earthen abilities. And so in all of this, here they are, 68 years, they're trying to have some kind of ability, some kind of a miracle that can advance, that can enable us to have a better advantage beyond our earthen, amen, abilities. I want to look at John chapter 16 tonight because in John chapter 16, it is Jesus and his disciples. What he is speaking to them, they're having difficulty with their logical and rational mind. They're struggling with the words that the Lord is speaking to them because he's saying, listen, the time is coming when you're going to be put out of the synagogue. The time is coming that whoever kills you will actually think they're doing God a service. How would you like to hear that kind of prophetic word? And then if that's not enough and their heads are spearing, you say, oh, by the way, I'm leaving the earth. I'm going to ascend into heaven, go back to my father. Now you contemplate what's going through their minds. Okay, this is coming. This is ahead. And we're talking about being kicked out of the synagogue and those that are really going to try to kill us and believe they're doing God a service. And then you're leaving. The illogical mind and the rational mind is wrestling with this. They're struggling to get a handle on this. It's confusing. It actually says they're saddened by these needs because actually in your own mind, you could think what could be better than Jesus being right here with us? Are you with me, somebody? What could be better than that? And Jesus picks it up here at John chapter 16, verse 6 and 7. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, there's no doubt believers of our modern day in church do believe in the crucifixion. They do believe in the resurrection. They have Easter sermons and ceremonies and all of these things. But my concern tonight is have we lost the truth of a divine advantage that Jesus left after his ascension. I want to preach on that tonight, divine advantage. Let's look at the divine. Because tonight, as I, and I'm speaking to myself, how many know we can do these things? This is what we do. This is what we're involved in. But many times we can forget the right source. And we have to be open in this conference and all that God has done since Monday night, amen, throughout this week, is we have to ask ourselves, what exactly, what generally am I drawing from? What's the source that I am drawing from for my Christian life and living? What is the source I'm going to draw from for a Christian marriage or a home and a family? What is the source I'm going to draw from for any kind of Christian gift, talent, ability, calling, ministry? What is the source that I am going to draw from? Because if we don't take this very seriously, if we don't have the right source, the powers of the enemy and darkness are simply going to laugh at us. And many times it is manifested when we're in hard times. I'm going to know what I'm talking about. We say these things, we know these things, we share them with other people, 
But if we're not careful when hard times come, stressing times, difficult times, adversity, persecution, enduring things, and all that we're learning is how we process these things, if we're not careful, how many times when people should be running to Jesus, they're staying home, they're pulling back. Are you with me, somebody? It's not what we say, it's what manifests when we're in these kind of times and seasons, and they will come. And this is very serious because if we don't have the right source, that'll only produce half-hearted Christians, and half-hearted Christians will be devoured by a full-hearted devil. Are you with me, somebody? And so, again, we need to think about this. I thought about John the Baptist. He's the forerunner. And he's telling them, I'm going to baptize you in water unto repentance. But there is one coming after me who is greater than I am. And it's not a baptism of water. It is a baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. We read about the churches in the last days. We read about something that is prophesied in even the warning letters of the Scripture. He says, be very careful that you don't lose heart. Be very careful that you don't uh, let go of your guard. How many know we need to be on fire, grow in that fire, be fueled by that fire? Pastor Stacy said, what are we doing scratching in the dirt when we should be soaring in the high places with God? Jesus knew very well the key of fire and how it's needed because where there's no fire, there's no authority to deal with darkness. Where there's no real conviction, there's no real repentance. Where there's no real repentance, there's no real conversion. And if there's no re uh, real conversion, then there's no real Christian. And how will that face an antichrist spirit agenda and crowd with mere human resources? I wonder, though, is our modern possibly becoming moderate? Now, I want to give a disclaimer. I thank God for modern technology and advancement. Can you say amen? I can't imagine, look at you fanning right now, amen, without the blessing of AC. But we have to be careful because our modern cannot become moderate in the kingdom of God. When it is allowed to become moderate, how many know? He says, I don't want you cold. I don't want you lukewarm. I want you hot and on fire. It should not be something, amen, in all the modern things and all the tools that we have today. It was never meant to be used so that you and I can have some kind of moderation in the kingdom of God. And so we need to think about this because Jesus said to these disciples, and he said, listen, we've got to get first things first, and we need to keep these things first. He said, it's going to take power to plant a church in a hostile world. This is exactly what's happening. It's all going to go into action. We are all praying for signs and wonders and miracles. Are you with me? He said, first things first, it's going to take power to plant a church in a hostile world. He said, it is going to take power to fill the Great Commission. It's going to take power for our disciples to face the challenges that are before them. It's going to take power to drive the devil out, and he needs to leave. It's going to take power to not preach Jesus just as Savior, but as Lord. But the issue is power from where? I remember a man that came into one of our uh, sister churches. This is, this is quite some time ago. And I remember he said, this is what I'm going to preach on, and this is the text. I remember opening my Bible and turning to that text, and he never once read the text I'm thinking, uh-oh, he never once talked about the text or the title of the sermon. And I'm sitting there in my own rational mind going, uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. 
And then all of a sudden he pulls the altar call and I see people getting up, tears streaming down their cheeks. Then afterwards I had three people come to me and say, Pastor, that was incredibly powerful. I'm getting the tape. Now I'd like to tell you I would have said praise God. I just kind of went, mm-hmm. But I got in my car and driving home inside I'm going, that is absolutely not right. We study. We work on it. He didn't even, God, even read the text. He never even talked about the text. And somebody says, that's powerful. I'm getting the tape. (laughs) I got to admit, it vexed me for a while. And then God reminded me, he's more and beyond. Can you say amen? Here's Paul. Let's look at Paul in 1 Corinthians 2, 4. He says, and so nothing I could have said impressed you or anyone else, but the message came through anyway. Say that, the message came through anyway. (laughs) God's spirit and God's power did it. You know, I was a brand new convert. All I knew is I had a genuine personal experience. When I asked this God, the creator, can you say amen, would you forgive a sinner like me? I remember with Gary, and I said, what do you have that I don't have? I remember he was so concerned. He had Bob and Colleen Alvarez come over and make sure they led this old rough sinner in a prayer. we got to do it right and make sure. How in the world could I lead six people to Jesus before I ever heard a sermon, before I ever got to church? All I could tell them, I didn't have a text. All I know is, man, I called upon the name of Jesus, and I meant it. Forgive a sinner like me. And a power, can you say, man, came inside and the whole world changed. My heart changed. My eyes changed. Before I even made it to my first church service. I'm going to tell you something. We can be very, very careful and forget some very powerful foundational truths, can you say, man. One of the scariest scriptures, Jesus said, you've done many things in my name. You've preached, you cast out devil, all the letters to the church. I know your works and you've done some things pretty good but you did do out of love. How would you like one day to stand before him and he says, yeah, you did a lot of things. Never took me with you. Never asked me. Never found out what, inquired what I would like you to do or, are you with me, somebody? We know unless he builds the church, all the building's in vain. Watching it is all in vain. Paul says, listen, we're not really here to impress anybody. We're here, can you say Amen. To get our eyes fixed on him and our hearts open and our faith, amen, in the right place, in the right source. He said, even though I couldn't impress you, the message came through anyway because it was the power of God who did that. Without the right source, we'll shrink in fear. And when we shrink in fear, you'll avoid any confrontation and any cost. When you shrink in fear, you can be in a city, you could have gifts and callings and ministry, Hands laid on you. We could go on and on. But when you shrink in fear, you won't challenge the evil of your day, the evil of your city. Why don't you do that? It's because you don't really believe you have the power to do anything about it anyway. Amen. The need is of the divine because we can be skilled in knowledge and we need to grow in knowledge. Amen. It'll help our faith. But let me tell you something. You can be skilled in knowledge and very skinny in power. Knowledge is not going to be enough. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they proved it. Nicodemus had to learn that. Are you with me, somebody? 
This word, let me tell you, it doesn't come alive until the Holy Spirit comes down and helps you. I remember smoking dope and looking at this book right here talking about Revelation. <laughs> Crazy. But when you, amen, when you have the power of salvation, the Spirit of God, it just unscales something. Are you with me? When I'm speaking about divine, I'm speaking only to that relating to God from his supreme being, from his heavenly and sacred places that are that of the supernatural. You know, three words into the Bible, in the beginning, God, that's Elohim. He's the God of the beginning. He's the creator. He's where life begins. You shift to a second name, then he is Yahweh, the self-existing one. He doesn't need anybody's help. It's where life exists. He's the I am God. And then it shifts to Adoniah. He's the God, can you say amen, that governs and rules. So here is the God who gives life and sustains life and can govern life. How do we think we're going to live successful, powerful lives without him? Amen. Jesus says, you and I shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon us. We know that. Shall, though, comes from an old English word that means scowl, that simply means to be owned. It belongs to or it's owned by real believers. Now, let me say something. Christianity is made available to all the world and all sinners. He doesn't want anybody to perish. We know that. Can you say amen? It is generally given out. And just because salvation is available to everybody, something, amen, has to move from the general to the personal. In other words, God, if I can't earn it, I don't deserve it. There's nothing I can do to achieve it. It's simply a gift that you would give to anyone you hand it out to all, but there's something about when you personally understand, I have to receive that. And too many people are renting something that they should own. There's people today, you're beating yourself to death. You're taking yourself back down a memory lane that you need to leave behind and under the blood. Forgiveness is a gift of love. He forgives because that's who he is. He's a God that loves. Can you say amen? Many times we don't deserve it and there's nothing we can do to correct anything. But because the loving God gives a gift, not only generally, but personally. And he says, I'm handing this out. It's a gift to you. But when you receive it, it's mine. I'm saved. I'm forgiven. What's the difference when it comes to this kind of power? This divine power. When Jesus is saying, you need first things first. You cannot have the power to do any of this. We don't have the power to plant churches in own human effort. We can't fulfill this great commission. We cannot use our gifts and talents and callings and ministry right. Nothing will go out of our hands except fingerprints without the power of God. Can you say amen? And it can't be just general. He said, listen, I, he said, I have already acquired this. I have accomplished this, and I'm going to give that. But it can't be general. It's not something that we do. God, you're offering it. I want it. It's mine. Do you believe you have the power? I mean, really have the power. Because I can see people jazz for a moment, clapping their hands, swinging their hands like they just don't care. <laughs> and all of a sudden, just reality, are you with me? What we're going to have to face, you can't do that without the power of God. I've thought about this. This is what Jesus is giving, and he's giving it after he ascends. We talk about the paraclete. There's times in my life when the outward is saying, there's no way, I'm done, I'm empty, I'm spent. There's nothing left. Ever felt like that? 
I can't do this, I've tried this, I've tried that, I've tried this, but there is something that can breathe in you. How many believe in the holy breath of God inspiration? There are times I've been in tears, I didn't want my wife to see me, I didn't want people to see me, but there's something about the power of God that is in you. And you sometimes can get distracted and overcome, then all of a sudden it's like this breath. You see, you live when you breathe in. And all of a sudden it just stands up inside of you. What I used to be afraid of, now I, I hear that little, little sentence. You're going to receive power from the divine. It's going to come upon you. Not just everybody. What about you? Are you with me? And all of a sudden, you dry your tears, bring your thoughts captive upon the word of God. We're hearing it all week long. And in a moment's time, are you with me? God brings you back to something that he gives and that belongs every Christian and believer in this place. Amen. There's times God inspires me. How many know God will wait till you get done complaining and whatever, and he says, are you done now? <laughs> Can I talk? We're all here, and how many know there's issues, and, and uh, you know, he says, you know, they're talking about stress and personality and all these things, but how many know that, you know, sometimes just folks can wear you out and whatever, and and, uh, you know, you kind of tell God, God, I don't know if I can put up with this much longer. You know, and you say, wait, are you done? Like, you and I could do that anyway. And he said, just love him for me. I've given you the power to do that. Just forgive him for, for me. I've given you the power to do that. Are you with me? Do you believe that you have that power tonight in this place? You know, there's something very interesting about Pentecostals. Many Pentecostals are changing their church names to something that is more, uh, maybe less clear or threatening and moderate. Are you with me, somebody? Why do we have to have this? Why is it so important that we get a revelation and understanding of this because Jesus says you're going to have to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We talk about the third part of the Trinity. We talk about, again, here's the disciples of Jesus Christ. We have to have the power not to just learn of it, but the power to follow it in accomplishment. And I understand all that, but it also gives you a power to be weaned from mere bodily presence and resources. The Bible calls it a new dispensation of spiritual aid. We should be full of zeal. Can you say amen? Look at Peter in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. He says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these, these what? Promises of divine power. You may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. He is talking about divine power for a divine nature. Second Corinthians, Paul teaches the church, 10.4, he says, listen, our weapons of our warfare, they're not worldly, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. Listen, why would we go to a place if we don't believe we have the power of God to make a change? We're there to change that city. We're world changers. Are you with me, somebody? There's something very powerful that resides in you and I. There's a resource, amen, that is not of man, but of God, and it's divine. That resource, we're not going to go through a lot of it. Stacy did a great job this morning, but it is adequate for all the demonic things, the anti-God things we're going to face, all of those that are demanding silence about our Lord Jesus Christ, removal of him. But let me tell you something, the devil doesn't back up for nothing but the power of the Spirit and the authority of Jesus Christ. I'll never forget when I got to Jacksonville, 
And I went to this Carmen concert, and there was all kinds of very long-term successful uh, uh, preachers. But when somebody manifested, a demon manifested, they ran. I mean, they had $3,000 suits, but didn't have a nickel's worth of faith. And I'm shocked, and I'm there with Jeremy. He's about this tall, and he's looking at me. He said, Dad, what are they doing? You can be very skilled in knowledge, but very skinny in power. Are you with me? See, the devil knows. He already knows the stakes. He's just hoping that you don't, and I don't. He realizes all too late that the ascension of Jesus Christ would be the beginning of the kingdom that now would not just dwell in buildings, but the hearts of sons and daughters of the living God. He knows now too late that through Holy Ghost-filled disciples, Jesus is making a move, a move to displace him, to bind him up, to tear down his demonic rule and establish a new kingdom order, not in buildings, but the hearts of you and I. The devil also knows unless this has stopped. He said if it ever got out of Jerusalem, there'd be no stopping it. It would become a powerful outpouring flood that would cover the earth, go to the ends of the earth, and last for all ages. Listen, this is why the devil summons all of his forces to try to stop you and I in the infancy. Listen, pioneer pastor, he is going to try to stop, stop you from the very beginning. Are you with me, somebody? But you need to, how many believe the word of God? How many believe it, it is truth when he says, surely I say unto you, and on and on. He's trying to help us. He's trying to get you and I to purchase this, that it is for us, it's given to us to be owned and not rented. And he said, listen, he said, all of these things you need to understand when he is talking to you as a pioneer. When I went into Jacksonville, I didn't know all the things that I would see today. There's times, you know, I'm telling you what, I didn't think anything was going to happen. I remember people come and go. I remember when a witch came, and I remember there was something. We're just in this little cheap building. We're in a prayer room, and she comes in with a whole, they had this whole coven and this meeting, and I don't know what you would call it, but she's coming there with a mission to destroy that little storefront church. A handful of people that had faith to dare to believe God. She gets to that prayer room. She says, I can't go in there. It's too strong. We looked at her and going, excuse me. I remember when the church just about emptied out. And I remember there was tears, and as Pastor Mitchell said, a broken heart of betrayal and all kinds of things. But I remember there was something greater in a, inside, a resource greater than all of that. And I remember I went down to the worst place in Jacksonville in the middle of the night where people don't go. Can I say this? Especially white people. <laughs> Sorry. It's, had a... <clears throat> Had a cop, not like me, said, do you know where you're at? Yes. Do you know what's around you? Yes. Do you know it's dangerous? Yes. Do you know you should probably get out of here? No. There's tears coming down my cheeks. There's the flesh and the senses and all of those things that was definitely saying not adequate, not strong enough. And I remember with tears coming down my cheeks, I stood up on that park bench and I proclaimed to that city the promises of my God, a good God that would have never sent me there without giving me the power to do something for him and adequate to face what's ahead of me. What I didn't realize then, I was probably sending something forward by faith. Are you with me? And by the way, nobody hurt me. I ministered to a number of drug dealers, 
Amen. And other folks, I, I just I want to be kind here a little bit. There's something about you and I that are power-filled, and we know it. The devil knows the stakes. Even though you're a pioneer, listen, did Jesus not prove, did he not demonstrate, did he not accomplish that in his very weakest point, he was still stronger than the devil in his strongest point? You see, I don't know about you, but I didn't ask for a similar spirit, something like that spirit, part of that spirit. You said I can have that same spirit that empowered you, that raised you up from all the hurts, the violations, the abuses, raised you up, death, hell, and the grave, and you said, this is all for my advantage. He said, I'm leaving for your advantage. You know, Isaiah prophesied this in Isaiah, Isaiah 9, 7. His ruling authority will grow. There'll be no limits to the wholeness he brings. He'll rule from the historic David throne over that promised kingdom. He'll put that kingdom on firm footing and keep it going with fair dealing and right living, beginning now and lasting always. The zeal of God of the angel armies will do all of this. I wonder if we really understand that we have a home field advantage. You know, God had to speak to me and shake me and deal with me because let me, just, let me just say something to all of us. Do you think we're the only ones that are doing something there? Have you forgotten that there have been people years prior to you that have prayed prayers and sown seed and called upon God before you got there? Do you think you're the only Christian showing up? How many have ever been in sports? There's something about playing on your home field. Because you, you know what? You've got a fan base. Got all these around us that you said, you know, you can do this. Well, we have a heavenly fan base. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witness. There's people that have probably been in that city and gone to be with the Lord. They have prayed prayers before you got there. They have sown seed before you got there. They fought battles before you got there. You have a home field advantage. There are so many praying for us, including Jesus himself. We have a comparative advantage. Jesus has already gone before us. Amen. He's established a proven path, well-tested, tried, and tempted. Amen. And he's brought a light upon it, a lamp to our feet to order our steps. We have an absolute advantage. Even though we're earthen vessels, he didn't leave us that way. He filled us with divine power of his own treasure. So in all of that, we need to realize we have a forward advantage. God opens doors, right? He opens doors. He makes a way where there seemeth none. Do you understand that there's people already reserved? There's prayers that, amen, that have caught the ears of God. There's people that are waiting for you just to show up. I believe that. God is bringing me back to these things. Ron Cast is sitting here tonight, I believe. I'll never forget as a young convert, just trying to exercise my faith. There was somebody that went to an Assembly of God church. It was a co-worker of Ron, and they had people there praying, and there was a pastor there praying, and there was a concerned mother and father. Ron called me up in the middle of the night, and he said, would you come and pray for this child? This child was, they said he won't make it through the night. He was dying of spinal meningitis. I think he was four years old, if I'm correct. When I got there, they already had his eyelids taped shut. I remember praying for him. I said, God, you've already bore the stripes. You already have put that virtue on your own back and that miracle on your own back so when they need it i'm asking you to send that forward right now in that child within a few hours i got the phone call that four-year-old child 
was completely healed and delivered and alive today. A forward advantage when we got to where God was sending me. Listen, you're going to have to understand there's an inner source greater than your five senses. Again, there was another boy. They were of a Mormon family, and he was dying of cancer. He'll not make it through the night. He worked at the job that I work, and they asked me to come and pray for him. Just beginning, amen, our church there. And I remember going there and laying hands on him, and I said, God, there's nothing too hard for you. And you have given something to me, not to waste, not to talk about, but to use. And I believe when I put my hand on that, there would be a source and a power that would transfer from God. Can you say amen? into that child, that boy today owns 20 acres in Middleburg, Florida. He's got a huge, huge family. Cancer didn't kill him because the power of God raised him up far above that. Can you say amen? (laughs) Robert Coyer said these words, in every adversity there lies the seed of equivalent advantage. In every defeat there's a lesson showing us how to win the victory the next time. William Shakespeare said these words, make use of time and do not let advantage slip away. The disciples in Mark chapter 16, verse 20, and the disciples went everywhere preaching and the master working right with them, validating the message with indisputable evidence. Listen, these guys were getting the revelation. It might be difficult at first, but sooner or later, let me tell you something, you're gonna come back to this because how many know I got birthed in that? When I got saved, let me tell you something, when you went to church, there was kind of this uneasiness. I don't know what's gonna happen, but something's gonna happen. Are you with me? And it wasn't just words. There was power and demonstration. And I'm telling you what, I, I, got, I got touched and I got filled and I got changed. And I believe God for all kinds of things. I prayed for our dog that I knocked out. <laughs> Serious. I'm forgiven. It's mine. My wife is crying and whatever. We're new converts. I love my wife. She loved the dog. I prayed for that dog. The dog came too got up, licked my face, (laughs) wagged his tail as I sat there in conviction. (laughs) Remember we used to believe you could pray over a handkerchief? Just like Paul, it would perform miracles. I remember years ago with three wives, one of them was Fawn Baker sitting here tonight. Their husbands were in the Navy, not saved. Many of them were bound in alcohol and different things. Remember in the morning service, they came up with tears. They said, God, we need a miracle. I remember praying with them within that week, all three husbands. God saved that week. Are you with me? And one of them is here today, pioneering a great work for God. Are you with me, somebody? So I want to talk about that because this is nothing less than divine advantage. Think about somebody getting healed in your shadow. Let's look at our response because that's why we're here. Christianity is supposed to be modeled by Christ, and that is true, but it's also supposed to be modeled by the power that charged Christ to do all that he was able to do. We need to ask ourselves, have in any way we've neglected our so great salvation? Has our Western mindset reduced us to subnormal Christianity? Is it okay now to take the bleachers and be spectators, watching others labor and fight battles? Has our refined thinking caused us to shrink back from embracing the supernatural? Have we dared to believe and take risks? Have we traded our tongues of fire now in for tongues of silk? Have we lost a willingness to bring people to repentance, only seeking popularity 
scratching their ears. We want to be more of a people hero than God's herald. One man said, are we no longer willing to climb the stairs of the upper room for fresh fire? Or have we just become content settling and functioning in empty rooms and empty churches? Is doing enough to scrape by really enough? Supernatural work always demands supernatural power. Jesus said, you shall receive it. It's given to you. Scal says, you know what? You can own this. Amen. Can I say something? The real church of Jesus Christ is not bankrupt. We're never running out. Can you say amen of this power, this adequacy? Amen. We're not salt that loses savor. We're not empty wells tonight in this place. You are the most advantaged people in all the world. How many here you believe we are the most advantaged people in all the earth? I believe it. I'm coming back to that powerful truth. Are you with me, somebody? Listen, I may not be much, but we talk about the great in me is not me. It's an inner source, a gift, are you with me, of divine power. And that divine power gives you a divine advantage, and that ought to cause, amen, you and I to have a response. Amen. We're not conquered. We're more than conquerors. We're never overcome. We're overcomers. You know, Jesus preached one of the finest three-word sermons I've ever heard. John 19, verse 30, it is finished. He said, listen, everything that I needed to do, I did. Everything I needed to accomplish, I accomplished. Everything I needed to conquer and overcome, I did that. I took care of sin. I took care of all of these issues. I took care of the demonic. I took care of death, hell, and the grave. And I rose above all of that. But he said one of the greatest things you need to realize is when he ascended, he was making one of the most powerful moves to Christians. He said, it's to your advantage I leave. That same spirit that enabled me, if I don't leave, you won't have it. But if I leave, I'm going to send him to you. And we are, in fact, the most advantaged people in the world. I'm coming back to believe that. Amen. In Ephesians 5, 16, Paul says, take advantage of every opportunity because the days are evil. Listen, we have an advantage. The world, the earth in its fullness still belongs to God. Are you with me, somebody? So we have to ask ourselves, what are we waiting for? I believe God's going to do it again. Pastor Tory was talking about, you know, we, we like the good old days. We talk about the good old days, and it's a reference point. But the good old days are just that. They're the good old days. He's the same today. Amen. What you have been given, received, and you own is the same today. These signs will follow those that believe today. God is going to do it again. There's times when you don't think, you know, God, I don't see anything happening. But he said, be very, very careful. Because when I left, I gave you something very powerful, a divine power for a divine advantage. There's seed in the ground. You just wait for me to rain on it. Hallelujah. And when I do, you better be ready because God's promises are yes and amen from everlasting to everlasting. The devil knows his stakes. Are you with me, somebody? And he is going to do it again. He's going to do it for you. He's going to do it for me and our place in our city. It's already ours. Amen. What are we waiting for? Fire has fallen, the wind has blown, power's been poured out on you, your ministry, your church, and your city. God is such a good God. What makes us think that he would send us to a place and not give us the equipment or the power to do something about it? Jesus said it's to your advantage. How many want advantage? I'm here, I'm gonna leave this place. I'm, I'm, I wanna leave this place with the word of God. I'm not gonna struggle or whatever. I'm done with that. 
If God, you gave it to me, it was your gift to me, I couldn't earn it, couldn't acquire it, just because you love people like us, you're mindful of people like us, you want to use people like us, you gave it to me. I've received it. I'm not going by myself. You're not in the ministry by yourself. You're not in that city by yourself. Can you say amen? He said, it's to your advantage that I do this. Because when I leave, I'm going to give you that same power. And you're going to have great results. The promises of God are for you. It belongs to you. Don't waste it. Can you say amen? You have an advantage. What are we going to do with it? Let's bow our heads and our hearts real quick. As the musicians come, very quickly, you're here. You're not saved. You're not born again. You don't know the power of God's salvation, the power of his forgiveness, the power of his radical transformation and renewal of life. All it takes is an honest prayer of faith. You simply confess what you already know. You're, in, you're a sinner. You're in need of a Savior. You confess what you know. Jesus is the only one that has the power to save any one of us. He can save us from all of our sin, all of our past, all of our old nature. and has the power to give you new life, a new beginning. You're here tonight and you want that. Tonight you're in this place and say, you know what? Pastor Meyer, would you remember me in prayer? I want to get saved. Or you're backslidden. I want to return to God. I've been distant. I've been cold. I've neglected. But I'm turning back. I'm drawing near to him. I want forgiveness. I'm ready to let him be the Lord of my life. You'd lift your hand in this place right now. You'd hold it up where I could see it. Anyone at all. You'd lift your hand and say yes. Say, that's me in this place. Remember me in prayer. Anyone at all saying yes. I can't see the lights are on, but you'd say yes. God has dealt with you. Welcome you to come down this altar. Find a place to pray. Some workers are going to pray with you and for you. God's going to do a miracle in this place. He loves you with an everlasting love. He loves you too much to find you in a weak and broken place to ever leave you there. He's got such a wonderful future for you and I. I want to speak to the church. I know we believe in the crucifixion. I know we believe in the resurrection. But do we still hear one of the greatest moves that he ever made? You know, we're no different than the disciples of his day. They're struggling with that, with the difficulty of their logical, rational mind. What could be better than him being right here with me? He said, listen, it's to your advantage that I leave. Because you need the divine power that my father who loved me gave me. You need to understand, he says, listen, because I'm leaving, I'm going to give that same spirit and power advantage to you. You're going to do greater things than even I have done. Greater works and see greater miracles. How can that be? Because Jesus said, I'm leaving so I can give you the divine advantage. You have the advantage. I don't care if you're struggling. I don't care if you're brand new. I don't care if you're all skilled in this. Listen, you already have the advantage. Don't believe the lie. Take God at his word. He has given you powerful, powerful advantage to be what he wants you to be, to become what he wants you to become, to accomplish what he wants you to accomplish. There's pastors here. We struggle not to view a city or difficulty or oppositions with our own senses. I understand all that. But if God, who has already gone before me, God's prepared a way, God has already dealt with people and set them in place. He's asked me to go there, and he wouldn't ask me to go there. He's just too good of a God without giving me his power to make a difference, to change lives for his kingdom and glory. I want to open this altar. You can come and find a place to pray quickly.
Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.